Livestock Podcast. This is a special episode. I'm your host, Curtis Reed. The feedback, how things went with the podcast in 2023, it just blew me away. The amount of downloads, the reach, the, you know, it is truly just humbling. And I was visiting with a couple friends of mine from DNN Livestock, and they were talking about how, you know, they have their third annual bull sale coming up. They have been a sponsor from the get-go, from season one with the Livestock Podcast. So we kind of came up with the idea in visiting with Ben and Carlin, and I have Carlin on the line with me, but we came up with the idea that, hey, let's do a short, quick episode highlighting DNN Livestock and also, like I mentioned, their third annual bull sale coming up. So Carlin, thanks for joining me. And I wanted to open it up to you a little bit to tell us about DNN, how y'all started, where, you know, things kind of happened, getting into cattle, getting into Angus cattle. Yeah, well, thank you so much for having us on here. I'm Curtis, and yeah, I guess um, it'd be like 2003 or so that mom and dad moved from Alberta down to uh, Peebles to farm with grandpa and grandma. they started out with sheep and um, about that time, I guess BSE hit and ended up getting stuck with some, uh, bought some feeder heifers that um, ended up being bred and ended up calving them out because there was no money in them. But um, that was kind of the start of, and, and dad used AI coming off the dairy and ended up AI and all those heifers to Angus bulls and, and uh, actually started out using a few different, programs on on the ai side and um more or less found that the sav stuff was was what he i noticed worked the best so that's kind of how we got into into that and noticed that the angus seemed to the angus cow seemed to be the easiest doing and the easiest keeping cow and and then just over the years just kept ai and, and getting more and more high percentage um on angus and and then just led into uh, I think it was about 2012 that he started selling uh, bred heifers privately off the farm, and and then um, then rolled into having a a bred heifer sale with uh, Johnson Livestock when they started their uh, female production sale in the fall. So yeah, that's kind of how we got into Angus cattle, and then. Yeah. Um, so I, I just want to interrupt you a sec. I think that's kind of neat where. You know that obstacle of of when BSE hit us here in Canada and the border shut down, the beef world truly shut off to Canada for that moment. It was devastating to lots, and for your family to turn that into now, you know, looking back on it, that that's your start. But in that moment, it's not opportunity; it's survival mode, and yeah. that really reminds me of a of a story that of the story the story that Chad Ross talked to me about on his uh, episode last year, just that's where major herd expansion happened because you had to. So, and I apologize for interrupting. (laughs) Yeah, no, just, you know, things that launch us. (laughs) Yeah. I remember dad, he said they, they got a good deal on them. Like they paid $300 for these. They wrote a Cinnaboya, like straight black heifers. And, 
they planned on selling, they grasped them and they were, they were worth like five, six hundred dollars. Like, well, there's no way we can sell them for that. And so they breed them all. And at the time, I think they only had like a hundred cows. <laughs> so, and like there was, they bought 300, these feeder heifers. <laughs> so it was, yeah, kind of went from a few to a lot. In our few herd. to a lot. And well, that's, and that's a testament <laughs> yeah. again to, to your parents, to your grandparents, just you got to do what you got to do. And then you adapt after that. That's the, the classic story of success. And I just want to remind every young kid that listens to this, you can make all the best plans in the world, but sometimes your most successful endeavors dictate the amount of flexibility you have. And it may not feel like opportunity right then, but down the line, it could turn into how DNN's expansion really kicked off. But you keep going, Carlin. I'm enjoying here about the the roots of DNN. Oh, yeah. So then, I guess it would be 2019, 2020, and um, kind of actually started probably before that in 20. That would be 2016, 2017 when we got approached by some bigger ranches that they wanted to purchase bull calves. Um, yeah, I wondered if we'd sell the brothers to the heifers that we sold. And so the deal there, I think we were selling um, just calves at like April born calves and just before Christmas. Uh, I think it was just a little bit of a, I don't even remember exactly. It wasn't much. It was more than steer price. And they just came in and would take 60 or 70 bull calves and then whatever they didn't take, we just cut. And after, I think we did that for three years and it got the, there was enough demand for that, that um, then we decided, and at the same point is um, the, just up the road, the Johnson dispersal happened and um, we thought, well, maybe it'd be a good time to, to start a bull sale and so we ended up purchasing uh, a bunch of cows from there and bought um there's a there's quite a few dispersals within a couple of years there and had the opportunity to buy some our kind of our goal was to buy some older cows older proven cows that yeah we may not get a lot of life out of them but to start out with good old cows that you knew that were proven and that had had stayed in those herds for a reason and then we also had the, um, in, in 2021, um, Clegg Angus, um, approached in the fall, about purchasing all his black Angus cows. And that was, a yeah, we were really happy with that. And at the time we went out and they seen the cows and, and just kind of his theory was that he wouldn't use a bull until a bull was at least five years old and everything was proven. And, and the calves, I think, uh, he calved mid-February and wean middle of September and no creep feed, no, just ran them on grass. And I think he's average weaning weight on bulls and heifers was 7.30. And so we were pretty happy with that and a good functional set of cows. So we got to give me and Ben a pretty good deal on them and kind of, yeah, it, a lot of, a lot of our front end bulls this year would be out of his cows and that kind of, Put us, gave us a foothold in the, with our purebred herd of a, a good place to start, I guess. Yeah, so um, two, and being the 
What would you say? The volume buyer, the largest volume buyer of the Johnson dispersal, getting those cows and then bringing in the Clegg cows. And those are two programs that, you know, they were around for a bit. They had their own ideas. They were reaching their own customers. So when you brought those two herds together with your own cows, is it that drives you guys on AIing on, on that concept? Like you talked about your your father starting with a certain line of genetics in those commercial cattle and, and AIing quite a few commercial cows, which is just frankly uncommon in Western Canada in that time frame. Like there's probably more being AI'd now than ever, but really your dad was well ahead of a lot of larger commercial outfits AIing, you know, over two, three hundred head at a time. Yeah, I guess kind of the thought behind it is is consistency is the most important thing. And, and I guess when looking at the feedlot side is when they can have a pen of steers or a pen of calves that, that they can finish at the same time and, and finish without doing too much sorting and, and know how they're going to gain and all that, that there's value there. And even on the, the maternal side of having a group of cows that are all very similar that they can, you know, how when you breed them back, you know, how they're going to, um, what the calves are going to be like. And, and just an example, like when we bred almost the whole herd to rainfall, I guess that'd be three years ago. Um, our weaning weight, um, we jumped at 35 pounds on average. And, and even though that the front end calves weren't as heavy as they have been, that we still had, Jumping your weaning our average by 35 pounds is quite substantially a lot more pounds to market at weaning. And and so that's, yeah, consistency is the, the biggest thing. And we try to limit our sires, like only maybe use three or four sires on the cows and, and maybe two or three on the heifers for just that reason is getting large sire groups and, and consistency yeah. and, and marketing can, can really... That's that's one of those key factors that gives numbers a major advantage in how you guys are making those breeding decisions. Just you have all those half sibs. A a producer that has four hundred cows, like why wouldn't you want to put out a, a set of bulls that are all half sibs or paternal brothers? Just trying to capitalize on consistency and it really can help you in a direction of your breeding decisions because you know you can start doing more parent lineage than ever just based off the fact that you're running all half brothers yeah and i don't know two things it helps with the customer side like when they know that they can can purchase a bunch of half brothers that it helps them keep their calf crop consistent and and uh, talking to a bunch of some of the feedlots that that's, that's the biggest thing is, you know, buying calves that are, you know, half sibs really helps them finish. Like I, some of the feedlots we, we've talked to that they have kind of been discouraged by some pre-sort sales just um, because there's so many different owners of calves and in, in that group of calves that, that even though they're the same weight, that there's a lot of different quality in there and, and do the, that's why they went to buying, you know, if they can get one owner's calves, even though there might be a bit of a, 
a bigger spread in weight that that they know that they're all the same genetics and can finish at the same time and and grow relatively similar um saves them a lot of money and in sorting and and trying to manage them but um yeah it's i mean it's one of those things that it, i guess there's lots of bulls out there that you'd like to use but at the same point it if you get using too many then you kind of throw that consistency out the window and yeah oh yeah so tell me a little bit about the third annual bull sale what day is it on how's the catalog coming together because i think we're recording this right right before your catalog is put out there and when it is out there i'll make sure i get it linked over into our show notes and put it on any any show announcement we'll try and get this out the very start of february just for you know the relevancy of the bulls but tell us a little bit about the bull sale let's pick out uh, some sire groups to talk about them and i think one of the neat things is you have a very dedicated two-year-old bull program so i just want you to outline that a little bit it's not that you keep back the yearling bulls that don't sell and sell them as twos this is a you're born you're coming over we're selling you as a two there's no there's no picking going on in between so tell us a little bit about bull sale and then and then we'll talk about some sire groups so the, yeah our bull sale will be on february 28th um at one o'clock yeah, same place as our heifer sale at the farm just three miles south of evils um yeah the bull catalog is i guess working on it as we speak here but uh yeah so we got majority of the bulls will actually be rainfall sons so we'll have probably half the sale be be them and i think there's roughly 75 bulls is, is what will get cataloged and um there's a few other sires um so some glen boy sons is a, a bull that out of the clegg um raised himself he was a resource son and there'll be um, a handful of bulls out of him and and that nine sbf registry 9011 bull there'll be um some sons again out of him that we sold last year that were quite popular and and then bloodline will have roughly 10 10 sons out of him and then just some of the remainder sires just resource there'll be america colossal and Payweight and angus valley and we'll have um a couple of bulls will be three-quarter siblings to the the lead-off heifers at our female sale and they're they'll be interesting um one of the kind of the unique bulls that we'll have is we only have one musgrave colossal son he was out of a a greg clegg cow there that we we bought and um he's probably most interesting cool kind of looking bull and as a yearling he was you know everyone's pick of the pick of the bulls and and it's actually interesting that all four cows in his bottom side that we actually reside at the the farm that we were able to to purchase all four and <laughs> so we were pretty happy about that getting that whole cow family and and even got uh some sisters too i think there's um of the 44 cows that we got, I think we have eight, eight that are all out of that same cow family. So it's, and they all seem to do a pretty good job. Yeah, that's some good buying right there. Consistency in cow herds. You heard it here again and again and again. There is consistency in building cow families. Yeah, it's, yeah, we're, I don't know, it'll probably be one of our cow families that we'll, we'll build on. Um, just, yeah, really good functional set. And um, 
the two-year-old bulls, I guess, why we, we like them is the fact that we can run them another year gives us one more year of, of calling that, that there's things that I know even in the first couple of years that there's a bull that you really like as a yearling. And by the time he comes a two-year-old, he's, you know, he's not, he's middle of the pack or you might not, like, you might just get rid of him. And it, I don't know, it just lets you have one where you'd watch these bulls grow and develop and, and to see what they look are going to look like as a mature bull. And it, it allows, it, it seems like there's higher customer satisfaction on, on bulls um, when they don't have to use a yearling and take him back and, and keep growing him when they can just use them and then put them in with their mature bulls and don't have to have to worry about them. So it, on customer side, their management of the bulls is um, less. And I mean, mm-hmm. I guess when dad is buying bulls, he kind of said the same thing. It, those yearlings have to have a little more care because they keep growing and, and that's, yeah, two-year-old is just a little less work. And You led me into to my next question just perfectly about, as a group, how did you decide to do that? Because, you know, previously you're weaning these calves, getting them on a backgrounding ration, and then they were shipping off to the customer's place that was buying them to then be developed and used as breeding stock. Now, you, you know, your family is developing them a lot of times the faster, quicker way is just to sell them as yearlings. So how, how much thought and time and, and emphasis went into, Hey, we're, we're doing two year olds. Um, yeah, it actually was like our first sale. We had a handful of year yearlings and a lot of the customers when they phoned asked if they said, if we, if you keep raising two year olds, we'll keep come by, keep buying bulls. Um, because they wanted two-year-old bulls, and 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 so then that kind of made the decision easier. That if they want a two-year-old bull, and they're going to keep coming buying bulls, and because they're two-year-old, then yeah, we'll, we'll go to a two-year-old. And we noticed like the, even the first sale that um, there was similar bulls, like the yearling bulls, like they didn't bring what a two-year-old brought and it, it, it doesn't cost us that much to, to keep a two-year-old bull an extra extra year just they go on grass and then even as a two-year-old they're they're just on silage and a bit of corn and they're yeah yeah and and again you just you keep leading you're making this too easy on me to, i'm supposed to be here asking 21 questions but you know, I come from a, a livestock nutrition background, and that's something that is pivotal to what I get to do in my day-to-day. So when you talk about kind of that silage forage-based ration and bringing these these bulls along, you know, these bulls are weaned in, in uh, later months of the year as calves, you know, processed, put into pens, and started on what I would consider a total mixed ration, ration kind of backgrounder. Are you guys slating for a certain gain, you know, average daily gain goal, or are you developing these bulls out, get them on grass, and then when you bring them back in as two-year-olds, you refine the the nutrition? Yeah, so they just go on to just a, a regular backgrounding ration and Typically, it's it's the same as what the steers get, and it gets 
anywhere, depending on what our target weight is for when we sell our steers. So it'll be anywhere from 2.2 to two and a half and as high as maybe 2.7 pounds a day. So it's not, yeah, just whatever the steers are getting targeted for is what they're, they're getting as well. Um, just to make feeding simple. So it, it's just to grow them and, and to develop them. And then, um, as they, as they go on to, to grass that they just grow and develop and we'll, we'll coming off of grass, we'll call them again, just anything that, that maybe didn't, that didn't do as well on grass. And then coming off of there, it, I mean, like anything like grass cattle, it doesn't take them much and they can really, really take off and grow. So we don't, yeah, we want to make sure that they're kind of keep them, we'll deliver the bull. So we want to keep them on a increasing nutritional plane right through so that when they, when they get delivered, that they're in prime breeding condition, kind of to, to be able to work the best for, um, for whoever purchases them, the customer. And yep. They're happy. So here's a scenario. It is February 28th, 10.30 in the morning. I arrive at DNN Livestock, and I'm able to buy a couple of bulls. And you did a great job saying already that you keep those bulls developing on a rising plane of nutrition, getting them in great breeding shape because there's a difference between being in good shape and being in good condition, right? So... How does that work in terms of leaving the bull there and then setting up delivery with you? Yeah, so we would prefer if um, we will went to the bulls, but we would prefer if there was um, insurance purchased on those bulls, um, just because things do happen. And, and we will work with um, the customer to, to get, a, get those bulls um, delivered to them when they, when they need them. Um, and we're, we're easy to, easy to work with and we've got, yeah, we'll make sure that you get your bull on time and, and wherever you need him. So Awesome. That sounds like it's a simplified solution and, you know, you and your brother and your father, you're all working towards that end goal of producing the quality, but also having the customer service that dictates repeat buyers, right? It's uh, it's no secret when you sell bulls, there's lots of competition out there. We all want to support one another as best we can, but you know we do make our livelihoods in selling our genetics, so sometimes that customer service can be a difference maker. Well, Carlin, we talked about how DNN started, where opportunity has to meet survival mode, and then later turns into, oh, I guess that was a pretty good decision, right? You know, bringing in two different large pieces of two different cow herds, developing your guys' breeding programs, those ideas, how your your uh, family kicked off what is now probably one of the most elite, successful, high-end bred heifer sales in Western Canada that command, you know, top dollar and, and very worthwhile. And if we listen back to the ad that you and I cut for that I shoot in the coming years I'm excited as your bull sale grows because there's potentially going to be bulls off of some of those females you're selling because you know you guys sell the top cut of females and and keep driving on from there so I like the vision 
I always enjoy my conversations with you and your brother. I, I need to get down for a cup of coffee or uh, uh, a cup of tea and, and visit with your dad sometime. I haven't had much one-on-one time with him, but, you know, f- from the Livestock Podcast, thank you so much to the Rajat family for their sponsorship of my podcast and let me do what I do. I, I thought this was a unique and uh, innovative idea for you know, kind of that Canadian podcast space. I, I've never done a sale preview such as this. So if you're a listener and you enjoyed this, feel free to reach out. And if your bull sale's on February 28th, sorry, I've already got a bull sale on that day. Oh man, I feel like a, a uh, sales company man being like that, hey? Yeah. <laughs> But uh, yeah, do you have so, any closing comments? Just you know, make sure everybody uh, listening knows about the dates, the times, and and where to find you at. Yeah, on February twenty eighth at just at one o'clock, just uh, three miles south of Peebles, and it will be broadcasted too on on DLMS. And and the same thing goes too for uh, um, if you buy a bull in person, uh, same thing for that for sale. If you buy a bull in person, you get a hundred dollars off. And I guess to mention that our, our volume discount is um, starting at two bulls. If you purchase two bulls, that's two percent up to up to ten bulls at ten percent. Even if you buy fifteen bulls, it, it's still only ten percent. And thank you guys so much, Curtis, for giving us this opportunity. So yeah, I'm excited, and uh, I uh, unfortunately I'm gonna miss it this year because. My wife's is a leap year baby, so her birthday's on the 29th this year, and she turns the big four zero. So oh, I, I better stick yeah, around for deal. the birthday party this year. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, the good old halfway to yeah, 80. <laughs> I said that to her the other day, Carlin, and you should have saw the fierceness of the look I got back, and I said... Honey, you're beautiful as ever. I love you more than ever. I love you more than our wedding day. Yeah. So th- there you go. Yeah. If your wife is turning four zero out there, don't be like me and ask her what she wants her birthday party themed as because the conversation just goes downhill from there. So again, make sure you find the DNN Livestock 3rd Annual Bull Sale. February 28th, 1 p.m., outside of Peebles, Saskatchewan. The bull sale catalog will be on buyagro.com. It will be on their social media channel, so find DNN Livestock on Facebook and Instagram. Plus, we'll be sharing it around on the Livestock Podcast socials. So thanks again, Carlin. Enjoy... uh, wrapping up your time at college and i look forward to getting down there and going through the bulls previous to the bull sale and and having a visit with the family sounds good and yeah thank you so much again and yeah no it'll be good to come downtown sometime in the, in the summer or the spring and uh, somebody will be around yeah you bet well thanks everyone for listening and we'll be talking to you soon 